Boom, boom, boom. Right there, sugar. There it is. Episode 28, Future Motocross Radio, presented by our good friends at Fox Racing and Get Data. We've had a great relationship with Fox for a long time. The good friends over there, Mr. Austin Hoover, Kenny Day, Matt Moore, those guys taking care of us for a long time. We got a special guest in the studio with us. We do. Mr. I, Corey Keelan. I saw I saw him in Nashville. Yeah? Did you? Once or twice? Well, yeah. Corey Keelan, uh, a nice Florida native here to us in Central Florida and grew up racing Florida locally, racing nationally, went all over the country. You know, we had got some stories we might be, might be able to tell about some yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, just a few, one or two. But we were, we were able to do that. I mean, I think you were a Fox athlete, too, at that time. Yeah, I was. I was for, shoot, 15 years or so. Yeah, I'd say that was a little bit, huh? Yeah. Yeah, a couple years. You didn't get that lifetime deal? No. Damn it. I, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, could probably, I could probably call somebody if I needed to. Well, it, good friends at Fox, you know, they take care of us. They're they're helping us out. You know, we run the, the V3 helmet. We've got the Flex Air, the 360, the 180, and the gear set. So I can't say enough about all the good good people at Fox with, with how well they have treated us. I mean, when we flew out there to the Anaheim 2 and – got the the tour of the place i mean just unbelievable facility so anybody that's that's looking for racewear obviously you can see the fox helmet sitting here on the table if you're watching on youtube but uh if you're looking for some new gear man make sure you go check out the fox stuff you know what's funny about fox is they they took care of me so much back in the day that i i have enough t-shirts to last me the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> well that's because they're good people yeah and, uh, 100%. you know once once you're in with that fox stuff man the comfort of it the fitment of it everything with it is so so good that we enjoy it right now and and all of our guys on the future mx racing team side they wear fox and uh i can't i can't say enough about how great they've been to us and how how well it's it's worked for us to have that relationship with them but either way Mr. Corey Keelan with us in the studio, episode 28. We've had quite a bit of, of stuff happening since our last episode. Uh, episode 27 was with Mr. Benny Bloss. Unfortunate to see what happened with him in Nashville, but speaking of Nashville, all three of us, Corey, Sugar, myself, we all went up there. Our wives got to go and had a fun time. It's one of my favorite cities, and I, I think the Supercross finale should be in, in Nashville every year. Yeah, because I think it's one of the coolest places to go. It's definitely nice having the day race where you can everybody can go hang out afterwards. Also, makes it nice, you know. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm ever going back. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I was drinking like I was like 19 up there. I paid the price. Come Sunday, actually Monday morning when I went to work, I was like, man, I'm still feeling Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody felt Nashville yeah. on Monday. But we definitely had a great time. I mean. uh between the racing and the city, man, you can't you can't beat it. No, I mean there were so many cool events and some of the stuff that we'll get into and talk about. You know, we got to spend a lot of time at Gibson. I know for you, Sugar Shane, playing guitars and being a musician, and myself with my my little Gibson collection yeah. myself. That we we really enjoyed that going with Hunter on Friday before Nashville started to be able to go out there and see, you know, his event that was held at Gibson. That was really cool. And I mean, Dan got us in and I, it was so crowded and so cool. Like obviously there's a lot of people that are seeing Hunter. We, I didn't even say one word to Hunter, but yeah. anyway, he was a little tied up. I literally got, <clears throat> sorry, I'm choking up. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so I, uh, 
when I went in there, I, w- I felt like, I, f- I literally felt like I felt when I walked into Toys R Us as a kid the first time. Yeah. I was like, man, this is freaking amazing. Yeah. Like, that's truly probably the most badass stuff to me. Yeah. At my age, you know, and what, I, and what I'm into. Like, what a cool city to be able to, like, go to something like that and experience that. It's freaking awesome. No, that was a very cool event for them. And seeing that collaboration between Alpine Stars, Honda, and Gibson, yeah. that to me is one of the coolest cl- collaborations I've seen in the sport in a long time. Yeah. I mean, when you bring such an iconic brand like Gibson and music that ties in, which obviously our passion with music, you know, that was that was really cool. I mean, that custom gear set that Alpine Stars had for that weekend with the Gibson font, you know, on Hunter's jersey. And then obviously in Nashville, Hunter goes out and wins the West, you know, what was the East Coast, East, East Coast East champ, you know, that the whole, the whole weekend, I think was kind of a perfect scenario for that collaboration, the gear set, the championship. I mean, it just, it fits so well. I'm not going to lie. I got home from Nashville and um, working on three different tool songs. And I've always been in a tool since the nineties. I even told the guy that runs um, Gibson, the Caesar that runs Gibson now. Yep. That I've always been into tool, and he's like, "Oh man, so have I," you know. And, and so, like, I came home, and like, I'm like currently working on three tool songs. Yeah, like it's just it just brought me kind of back. It amped you up. Yeah, it's awesome. Not to mention that you know we purchased a few things from Gibson while we were there, had them shipped back. I did so. not pull the trigger. Well, I mean, we I will between between guitars and merch we purchased. Yeah, so. didn't you buy something and then lose the bag somewhere? Oh, yeah. So I've double bought everything. <laughs> so, you know. That just shows how much of a supporter we are. Yeah, well, no, yeah. they, they were kind enough to give us a discount, right? And and so, you know, we picked out some things and then it got left at a bar. <laughs> the and first bar. We the first bar we went to when we left Gibson. And so I re- literally had to go back there the next and day, yeah. buy all the same stuff again. So really, I didn't get a discount. So whatever. I double bought everything. Well, I think the Gibson collab was was extremely cool. I actually talked to Hunter about it yesterday when we were out at at the the compound or dog pound, and I just feel like that collaboration is one of the coolest ones I've seen. But Benny had a pretty cool, you know, gear set. You know, he talked about having that custom setup for for Nashville, and I got to look at it when in the hauler and looked at the the helmet when we were in Nashville, and and he he had a pretty good setup as well. But what a bummer for for Benny. You know, we yeah. had we had our little bet on the last episode. So anybody that listened to the last episode, we had our little bet on there, and unfortunately, he went down in his uh, first. I think it was first lap, right? It was yeah, it two, was two it, it two was turns the, in or two three turns, turns in, in that that rhythm after the second turn, yeah, second turn or that, first turn actually. First turn is the first. And uh, right, it was that first rhythm, I think, right after the start. Yeah, it's kind of like you had that sweeping turn around the bowl, and then you had that hard right into the rhythm. Yeah. So I honestly didn't even catch the crash. Like we were sitting almost right by it, and yeah, and and I I yelled at you. I was like, "That was Benny." We couldn't see exactly who was down on the ground between the dirt and the you know the side of the stadium, and sure enough, it was Benny. And I was like, "Man, oh, what a bummer." You yeah. couldn't see your hand in front of your face anyway. <laughs> well, I had a hot dog in my mouth. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I did have a hot dog and a beer in my mouth. I I felt like I, you know, normally I wasn't a fan back in the day, so like I take advantage of all the fan stuff, you know, yeah. hot dogs, nachos. Beers. Yeah, like <laughs> I missed the whole crash, which good because I don't like to see you guys get hurt, you know. Yeah, well, that was a bummer because you know having Benny on the episode, that was really really awesome of him to come in here to the Legends Room and be on here, but. You know, we had our little wager, and I was I was fully ready to 
take part in ours. You know, you the, say that now. The shoey out of the boot, you know. <laughs> oh, the shoe in the boot thing had me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a bummer to see yeah. him go down. So I mean, that was that was definitely down. But hey, how about a positive? You know, the episode before Benny, we had Garrett Hoffman yeah. on, and Garrett makes his first main event of the year. Uh, what a was it? Was it us? It probably was. Like, give him a little bit of motivation. It probably was. I his mean, first I, podcast, right? It was his first podcast. And yeah, he's getting he all this all up. up. Yeah. Getting all this exposure, and now he's got to go out there and perform. And, you know, I stopped by the truck. You know, he's got his motorhome there, and I went by there probably three or four times and every time. Nice. And, and he was like, I'm doing this for you and Sugar. That's ex- his exact words. And I actually have it in writing. He texted it to me when we were talking about it. See? And he said, I'm doing this for you and Sugar. How are you just not telling me this? I mean, sometimes I got to unveil stuff on the oh, show, that's man. That's badass. It's good. Yeah. And he did. And he did it. He went out there and got a main event. So great job to, to Garrett Hoffman, the 242 Yamaha. Good for him. The Gibson collab, the Hunter Championship, Nashville's all going good. The downfall, Benny's hurt. And then the big one, Coop. Yeah. I mean, that's unfortunate. It's just, you know. It was scary, though, man. You know, the way his, his head hit and that. And, you know, even. To look at it for from Adam's perspective too, you got to feel bad. Like, oh, absolutely! You know, you, when you hurt somebody like that, you feel terrible about it. And yeah. there's but there's nothing you can do about it. It's racing. He fell into the rut, and Adam was in it. You know, yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. No doubt. But you see, you know, you see him stand up and then almost almost immediately fall over. fall over, and you don't know what's going on. He gets carted off, and here's the guy second in the championship at the time in Nashville. And he takes a blow like that to his head, and you, you you worry about you know a peg to the neck or a neck injury or you know pulling pulling that spinal cord with the way it hit in the bottom of his helmet. Yeah. So I think everybody was thinking the worst, and you know we're all immediately start texting and you know how how do we help? What do we do? And there's not a whole lot you can do in that situation, but extremely unfortunate to see Coop uh, go out of the championship there in Nashville. And it's hard to take Coop out. He's a tough sob. Yes, know? he is. Yes, he is. So uh, that was that was a bummer to see. So I mean, you take the highs and the lows, and I mean, I think that's kind of common in this sport, right? I mean, yep. Corey, you've done it for so long that there's a high and a low in everything that we do, and you see the highs of you know Hunter getting his first championship win and uh, such a cool collaboration there between Alpine Star and Gibson. That you know the highs of that, and Garrett Hoffman making his main, and then you get the lows where uh, you know Benny I think broke his collarbone, and then. Coop went out, and then Barsha went out on the Dragon's Back, which was, I almost called it. I was sitting next to Anna uh, in practice, and I said, watch that Dragon's Back tonight. I said, that thing is going to get, get somebody. somebody. I, I said, I saw is, a lot of guys dipping their front end off the top of that thing, yeah. and I was like, yeah. especially, I think it was in the heat races, and I was like, I kept hitting Natalie, and I was like, yo, check that thing out. Like, yeah. everybody kept... And in practice, there there was a couple people that went down in practice, but, you know, it wasn't, nobody went down really hard in practice over it. And I I just, I kept saying to Ann, I'm like, somebody is going to eat it on that thing. And, you know, you talk about the highs and the lows. I was watched uh, Barsha's Instagram video he just posted the other day. And that was one thing he touched on is, you know, that it's motocross. You have the highs and the lows and, you know. Look at him. He was doing great this season. He's talking about how he felt better than he ever has mentally, physically. Yeah. He's happy with all his results. And then, you know, just one little mistake like that, and it yeah. takes you out. I mean, shoot, he broke his collarbone, his shoulder, and two ribs. I mean, yeah. Every, got, him, got him pretty good. Everybody at the compound last year, um, the top track had a dragon's back. And you don't see that very often. Yeah. And, and, uh, 
ever I mean even even baby boy old Aiden had yeah. to had to learn all that dragon's back and I, I think they throw him in they throw him into the tracks every now and then and I really think that people should honestly consider building a dragon's back because yeah they get wore out they get nasty they normally go into a double or an on off or whatever and you don't see that much on these practice tracks you see on Instagram and stuff and it's definitely yeah. a very good training tool it is but at the same time it's also the factor of getting hurt on them yeah you the know? Risk. It's, it's the risk the of the risk, risk of, having of practicing that every day all day it's just yeah. you're yeah. taking that extra risk you yeah. know Absolutely. i mean to have one somewhere to practice isn't a bad idea but to have it to where well, you it gotta ride it who's, every day. it depends on who's maintaining it too i yep. mean i had to actually maintain <laughs> that thing a lot and nobody ever hey nobody ever got hurt it was always safe but <laughs> depends it, yeah it could get nasty and and we saw in nashville obviously that thing can get nasty well, you, you know, you move on from Nashville after, you know, taking out, I, I think Anderson got hurt in Nashville, Barsha got hurt in Nashville, Benny got hurt in Nashville, uh, Coop obviously with a big one there. So then you go on to Denver, and Denver, you know, we're all thinking the championship's pretty much wrapped up after Nashville. When, yeah. Coop, when Coop goes out, the immediate thought is, okay, well now Eli has it in the bag. Uh, I mean... That's what I thought. Maybe. I mean Because the closest person to him was Coop. You know? Yeah. So I'm think I'm thinking to myself, well, if the closest guy to him is Coop and Coop's still, you know, however many points back he was. You're right because of the twenty second or the twentieth place. Like, yeah, like I get it. So I'm I'm thinking, okay, well now Eli just wrapped this up, you know, congrats to Star Yamaha for their championship and then you show up in Denver and then what a fluke. I mean, it's not, it wasn't. You never even even see that, though. That injury, you're like, never never even crosses your mind. Then you see it and you're like, oof. And that's one of those that's. But it wasn't, it didn't seem like there was anything drastic. Like, it wasn't like he framed something or it wasn't like he flat landed something. Like, I mean, he, he, I would say, barely over jumped that. that. I don't even think he over jumped it. It was just the pressure of it because you just watch his heels dip. And as soon as his heel dip, you watch it. I mean, you could almost see it. Yeah. When it was all the way at the bottom, yep. and then he lifted his foot up yep. immediately, yep. and I, I'm I'm sitting there in shock. I, yeah, I, I don't care who it is. Yeah, like you know, I'm not the biggest Eli fan. Dude's gnarly. I get it, but but to see that with the points leader, and then like all of a sudden, is yeah, the rubber band snaps, and you're just like, what in the hell just happened? Yeah, I mean, the guys had the number one red plate. You know, I mean, he's obviously he's been number one all year, but he's had the red plate for a while, yeah. and he's been very consistent most wins this season. And you think about Eli, he's just kind of like one of those. I almost I don't really consider him the terminator cuz he's not very aggressive but it's just he's like he just chugs along like maybe the energizer bunny like he's always there yep. you know it's like, like he, an old train you know he yeah. just keeps on trucking. especially the second half of the race and you hardly ever see him injured i mean that's one thing i think about in his career like there's never you know i'm sure there has been and i, I can't say never but He's usually always there. He puts in the race. He puts in the effort. And everything's there. So to see him go down and holding his foot like that, and immediately come off the track, not stop anywhere, but drive straight to—he uh, knew exactly what happened. Yeah, it, it was so sad to see in my mind because yeah. I'm sitting there. Terrible. But then at the same time, and I mean, Corey, you got to think about this as a racer too. Think about what happens when Coop is sitting there watching that race on TV. Yeah, and he sees Eli go down. And he was the next guy, you know, a week before in Nashville. 
so you've got to you got to think that that Coop in his mind mentally is just like even more bummed because he yeah. knew he would have he pretty much would have had that thing wrapped up. Yeah. yeah. So and then in the end, you know, Coop or uh, Tomac's out. Chase wins the race, and because of the points gap right now, Chase wins the title. Yep. So think about that. Just Honda alone, they've now won both East and West and the lights, and then they've got the 450 that they just locked up. So they've won three out of three Supercross titles in 2023. I was thinking about that the other day. It, you know, Lars is, Lars is a friend of mine, and we worked a lot of years together. Whatever. I'm like, that guy is probably smiling ear to ear, oh, take, yeah. taking over management at Honda and winning all three you know, titles in Supercross. And it's like the guy's looking like a golden boy right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, we talk about the highs and the lows. So the low of Denver, you know, obviously Eli going out kind of takes some of the – I don't. I don't want to call it excitement out of it, but you know it. And and I, and I definitely don't want to put an asterisk on the the title. And Tyler and I talked about this before we started talking. You know, Chase had to be there and and has to be in a position all season long, even with crashing a few times and being out of it. You still have to be there if something like this happens. So it's not like it was handed to Chase, but in a sense, in a sense, it was. If it was me, if I was Chase personally, how I feel about things, like it would always be in the back of my mind. Yeah, because I didn't really win it. Win it straight up against everybody. I get that you didn't win it against two other guys that were you know battling all season long you didn't you didn't earn it yeah Yeah, like on the podium i felt like he had the look in his face like somebody pissed on his cheerios a little bit like he was happy and won the race this and that but he was visibly bummed about eli yeah which i respect you know yeah i I don't i don't think a big celebration after the race would have been right would have been correct no yeah sir so you know do the big celebration this weekend, you know, in Salt Lake or, or whatever. But I, I agree. But at the same time, Chase put himself in that position he to did. be the guy to be the he's next. He's been one there every guy. weekend on oh, speed. Yeah. Oh, you know, he's he's been he has been the fastest guy. When you look at fast laps, he has mm-hmm. more fast lap time qualifying than anybody else in the field. He just makes too many he, mistakes. Right, and those mistakes have cost him. Yep. And and you get somebody a, a seasoned vet like Eli and Coop that they will take a fourth on a night that they're not feeling it. Yeah. And Chase still tries to go for a win, and he ends up going down. But you can think of it the other way, too. You know, like maybe maybe in mid-season, beginning of the season, they were struggling with the front end of that bike. And maybe it wasn't Chase making the mistakes. And maybe they were struggling. People have struggles with bikes, and, yeah. and they're always searching okay. for bigger okay. and better. So, you know, Chase is obviously – He's fast and he's there, so yeah. he deserve he deserves it. But like, I just feel like nobody wants to win a championship like that. You know, it's, I agree. It's gonna be in the back of his mind a little bit. When you talk about bike setup, you know, you look at Rocks and from where they were at the beginning of the season to now with their bike. Yep. You know, I mean, yeah. But dude worked huge. his ass off oh, yeah. testing until nine o'clock at night yep. and for yeah. however many weeks and. They're, but, they're racers, man. They they want to be comfortable and they want to win. You know. But you take those, take the lows from Denver, you know, Eli going out, but then you take the positives. Our boy RJ Hampshire ends up winning the race. God, in good fashion, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, was on it. Yeah, caught yeah. Kitchen, fell, caught Kitchen again, yeah. won the race. I thought it was over. And then I'm like, yep. dude, here he comes again. Yeah. Like, he I mean, he was on it. On it that weekend. So sure. huge, huge props to RJ Hampshire and, you know, winning that race. That's his second Supercross overall win. And then at the same time, Jet 
wins his fourth championship in a row. Yep. So like we talked about, even in Nashville, you got highs and lows. In Denver, you got highs and lows. So Eli going out to low, but then you got RJ winning the race, and then Jet winning the championship, you know. There's a high and low every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, you know, now now Chase ends up winning the 450 title. So you have Honda getting three out of three. I am curious how this outdoor picture is going to look. So you've got Jet is now moving to a 450 in outdoors. So you're going to have Chase and Jet on a Honda 450 in outdoors. And then you're going to have Hunter on a 250 outdoors. You think there's a chance that Honda goes five for five? Uh, it's a possibility for sure. I think it's a good I re- possibility. I really haven't thought about it. You think about Hunter on a 450? Well, That's a- Jet's going to be on the 450. Oh, sorry. So Jet but- will be on the 450. Hunter will be on the 250. But when you have Chase and Jet on 450s, that's a pretty strong field yeah, because you know the the – the remainder of the field right now with Barsha being injured, Coop out, Eli's out. I think Ferrandis is back in for outdoors. But when you look at the the field overall, Honda's got a pretty good chance in the 450 between Chase and, and Jet, and then they've got a pretty good chance in the 250 with Hunter. Is uh, is Malcolm coming back for outdoors? I don't know. I don't, I don't, think, I don't, I don't, I don't I, think so. I don't think so. Because I think that surgery is too, a little too fresh. But at the beginning of the season, he was supposed to ride outdoors this year because he usually doesn't ride outdoors. Yeah. And I think this year he was planning on riding outdoors at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't think he's going to make the first round. And, yeah. and he, I don't, he's so out of race pace. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. Well, and, they, and they've talked about it on the episodes, you know, watching the races quite a bit, that Honda, you know, their last premier class win or title championship was been, when RC was there, I think back in 04. Yeah. So they break the streak of the, the premier the, class the year getting I started, the title. No four. And then, you know, now they've had such a dominant Supercross season between both lights titles and the and the premier class Supercross title. Does that continue in outdoors? I think for me, that's that's one of the biggest storylines of outdoors. I just hope it's not a blowout, man. To be honest with you, when you think about it, well, you got your your four fifty MX champ Ferrandis returning. So he's coming back. He he chose not to come back for Supercross just to focus on outdoors. So I think he's going to be a threat on the Star Yamaha. I mean, he's good. Oh, out, no, he's, dude, he's for, good outdoors. Ferrandis is a pick of mine if there was an outdoor yeah, fantasy for sure. But I I yeah, the the guy's phenomenal in outdoors. I just hope it's not a blowout to where like it's two guys and or or three guys and then it's like everybody else is just kind of trailing in the wind you know like yeah you want to see some good race yeah i want to see i want to see just like supercross this year to mid-season i mean dude look how many different winners there were yeah you know and i want to see a lot of guys up there and and i think there's guys out there that are capable of doing it you know i just i don't want it to see i don't want it to end up in a blowout man well, we'll see how that goes. I mean, we can't predict the future. So, no, you know, wrapping right. up, super, Supercross is essentially done now. The champs are all crowned. I got a what if. Yeah, what? You know, what, like what if things happen to the Honda boys or whatever, and then you crown like Kyle Chisholm as outdoor championship. That would you know? be like, awesome. Like, I'm just saying, things can happen. Well, and that's that was one of my thoughts when I started looking at the, the point standings and everything when, when Eli started going off because immediately I'm like, well, how's this going to work out? And I'm, I'm sitting there in my mind, I'm like, could you imagine – Here's my what if. 
if Kenny Roxon on that Hep Suzuki he ain't, doing, he ain't racing though. No, if he oh. would have won that Supercross title, like if something happened to Chase also, like it did to Eli and Coop, and Kenny ends up winning that on the Suzuki, yeah. would that not be huge for that team? Well, yeah, and he's going to carry on that Kickstart name for freaking <laughs> forever. <laughs> but Can you believe I, Kickstart Kenny won in 2023? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah, but, you know, you look at this season. This season, anything can happen. I mean, even in Denver, the amount of people that had career-best finishes because there was a dilapidated field. I mean, you know, it's it's you don't want to say it like that, but it's the truth. I mean, yep. McElrath, uh, I think Justin Hill, Kyle Chisholm, I mean, these guys yeah. – Putting in a career best finish overall because you know the field is gone. I'm gonna. I believe that I'm gonna see AC a lot on the podium in the outdoors. I hope so. I hope so. He's, I hope he can get it together. He's getting his he confidence. Yeah, he's yeah. getting his confidence back. I hope so. and, and I, I believe that he, he may be there with those guys for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll stop there talking about Supercross. Obviously, we'll get to watch outdoors as it comes up. But congrats to Honda. What, cha- what channel? What? <laughs> Outdoors. Oh, we'll have to figure out the. App. We got to figure out the dang. We got to figure out what app it's on. What app and what channel and one moto's on one channel. So, sorry, I'm not talking crap, but I'm just saying like TV channel. The TV package normally sucks. <laughs> well, it, you know, with Supercross being wrapped up, congrats to Honda, your buddy Lars. Good for them. For us, seeing Jet and Hunter win it, it's very cool because of us being out at the dog pound and our relationship with them. So, congrats to all of them. As far as outdoors goes, we'll get to watch it on whatever app is available. I want to take a second real quick and say a huge thank you to Git, uh, Mr. Dan Truman, Athena USA. You know, we run the Git ECUs, the RPM indicator, the Git battery. I know, Corey, you have a Git battery in your 450. I do. I do. Uh, so a huge thank you to, to Dan Truman, Git, Athena. They have a ton of items on their website, so you can go straight to their website and check all those items out. Athena has so many products that I didn't even realize that they offered. But, you know, again, can't say thank you to them enough with Git and then also Fox Racing, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show. So let's go from there and let's go into Mr. Corey Keelan here a little bit. Yeah. We got a guest in the studio, grew up right here in Central Florida, raced all of our local tracks here to us, also raced nationally, which we've got some stories about going racing nationally. But, Corey, tell me, I mean... I, I know the story because I you and I have been together. Matter of fact, matter of fact, Tyler Koster, don't we have a picture? We talked about it right there for just a second, but I don't think we actually pulled it up. We got a picture of us. I don't I don't even know how old we would have been at this at this time. So anybody that's watching the episode on YouTube can see this. So we have. I'll I'll send it over to you, Shane. Oh, so I got can, it. I got it. So you seen it? yeah. So all the way to the right is your older brother, Kyle Keelan. Yep. And then I'm standing right next to him there. I believe that's a Trent Dilfer Bucks jersey because it definitely wouldn't have been Tom Brady at that time because that's yep. probably 25 years ago. Yeah, I saw, I saw the picture long, last yeah. weekend in Nashville, and, and I was like, yeah, you got a Tom Brady T-shirt <laughs> on it like five years old or whatever. Yeah, I, old kn- you I are. knew what was coming. I was like, how and is that the, even possible? And right next to me is Mike Nicolini, which, you know, great family, great people, and then... I think next to Mike is you, Corey, yep, and then Sam. next to you is Sam Nicolini, which Sam is, you know, she's heavily involved in the industry. She's she's working with Red Bull right now. She does a lot of different things for social media management, and sh- she has been a huge asset and a blessing to us to have her helping us out with our different stuff. But that verifies my story 
of how long that we have known each other because that's got to be 25 years ago. Well, you got to think, Kyle is an Axo pants. Yeah, so that was before his and Fox wa- deal. Oh, yeah, and I want to say, man, what year was that that he went to Fox? Because that was like right the year after that I went to him. What would you and, say that was in the early 90s? Uh, probably mid nineties. I was, bo- I was born in ninety three. Sorry, I'm aging myself. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably actually then that would have been late nineties. Yeah, that'd be late nineties because yeah. I was probably five right there, somewhere four or five. Yeah, so maybe ninety eight, ninety nine. I think I started wearing Fox when I was I was still in four to six. I think it was yeah. six. Tyler, didn't you call out what shirt Corey was wearing in that picture? That was Bugle Boy. <laughs> Bugle Boy. <laughs> oh, I remember Bugle Boy. <laughs> Had a Bugle Boy shirt on. Dude, I, I was repping Bugle Boy for sure. Yeah, we're all out there playing in the mud. <laughs> and, and I was 10 years older than you. <laughs> I can't even remember what track that is. Hey, I, here's here's something we could do, Tyler. If if someone can properly identify what track that was, I know it was in Florida. It's got to be South Florida because it's black, nasty mud. If someone can properly identify that we will give some type of gift, what do we want to give? We want to give some like a no toil filter kit. We want to do a Fox helmet or something. We got to give something away. So if you're on YouTube and you see that picture, comment below what track you believe that is. And if we can figure out and properly identify it, we'll do a giveaway for that picture. But that validates my story of how long that we have known each other. Long time. And, and I get to go back and talk about some of those things. But, you know, Corey, your dad, for the people that don't know, Kenny Keelan, race professionally big into ftr so that probably put you on the bike at a pretty early age yeah i think i started riding when i was i I wasn't that young i was only i think i was five okay four four or five i was riding a little battery powered four-wheeler around at dade city back when way back when randy used to do a little battery powered four-wheeler race on the start and you know in halftime and i mean that was you know it's intense yeah i mean there's <laughs> pictures of me looking over at little kids running into them and stuff mm-hmm. when i was on a battery powered four-wheeler when i was four or five years old you know yeah and i know your your dad and randy were always close so oh, I mean, yeah racing at dade city was pretty common for you guys yep yep uh back then you know right before a little bit earlier than that my dad they had the big money class back in the day and you know my dad they would put bounties on his head and stuff like that and everybody would come try to beat him and he just would smoke everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, a lot, a lot of people, you know, I, I've ridden with my dad still to this day, you go ride with the wood in the woods with him or something like that. And some of the things he does in the woods just blow my mind still to this day. He real fast. Oh man. He makes, he makes slow people look slow. Even slower. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's real fast. Like the first, you know, Shane Shane never knew me or anything until, mm-hmm. you know, what? when was the first time you ever met me? Was it at Gatorback when I rode the FTR? Um, no, I, I think I met you before then, but before like right then. around that time frame. That was yeah. the first time you ever seen me ride. Yeah. 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 One lap. And yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. the one lap ninja man. Yep. You know, that was the first time I've rode in 10 years, though. You know, that was the first time I've raced in 10 years. Well, before we get to that, though, I mean, talk about, you know, you started off, you know, you talk about on the four-wheeler and the circle track at Dave yep. City. You go through, you know, basically getting on the bikes and transitioning up to two wheels from the four-wheel. Yep. <laughs> and raced, yep. did you race majority at Dade City? Um, no, I mean, we traveled everywhere with my brother and stuff. So, I yeah. mean, we raced at Ponca, Loretta's. Minios, I mean, everything growing up. All. So it was both locally and nationally. Yeah, yep. We did a lot. We did a lot of traveling and, you know, and now my son, I have a, 
Uh, he's five, so he started racing, and we're starting to do that. And now I know what it feels like to be my parents. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm in their <laughs> shoes, and I'm like, whew, it's tough, man. Well, you know, when you were doing that amateur stuff, there was a little bit where we, we, we always stayed connected through some of those. And, and I remember this is when you were kind of getting into the big bikes. You know, we had, we had a Lake Whitney story, and then we have a Loretta story, too, where your dad at, your dad at Loretta's in my truck. Yep. And then we have your bike in my camper Going at Lake Going through the side Whitney. of the camper. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was, uh, that what you were on. Were you that, was that 125s? Yeah. That was when we went to Lake Whitney. Yeah. I think you brought my 125 up there. I was, was riding, Suzuki. Yeah. I was riding youth back then. Yeah. I think it was, it's schoolboy now. Right. 12 to 15 or something like that. Yeah. Schoolboy one. It's going to be the 125s. But yeah, you brought my bike up to Lake Whitney. I was probably riding 250B and schoolboy then. Yeah. Um, I think you and your you and your mom flew to that race. We flew up and got a rental car and stayed in a hotel. Kyle and your dad were doing the pro stuff. That was right when my brother, right when I was in, started riding big bikes. My brother started racing pro and was doing supercross and stuff. So a lot of it was me and my mom from, I mean, from then on really, until I quit. Yeah. But that was you know, and then Loretta's. What year was that? That was probably I was probably sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. I think then. it might have been the I think it might have been the Loretta's after Whitney, because Whitney would have been in spring. I think I, I, think I was on Cowie's when we went when my dad was backing up your yeah. fifth wheel with your truck and KO'd both sides of the cab backing oh, up because yeah. the yeah. fifth wheel hit it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I'll give you the the real quick summary of this story. So Lake Whitney, we take a Suzuki's out there, load them up in uh, in Brooksville and don't even make it off of their road and my tailgate falls down because it's a pretty bumpy road and i don't think i had it latched all the way and i'm pulling a a gooseneck toy hauler camper so his bikes are in the back and tyler livesay's bikes are in the back i make the turn off of their road my tailgate goes right through the front of the toy hauler he's ripping the toy hauler up yeah ripped it all it was terrible and I ended up getting mad, so I threw the I threw the tailgate in the median and left. We made it to Whitney, get to Whitney, had a carbon monoxide alarm scare in the middle of the night. <laughs> you Everybody, that was you and uh, Tyler, wasn't it? Yeah, Tyler say, and I had I had Pup Watley with me too. Okay. And we get we get through Whitney, and we're driving home, and I'm coming down I-10, which anybody that's driven down I-10 in Texas, there's like Rough. a it's like a whoop section. Oh yeah. And I look in my driver's side rearview mirror, and all I see is handlebars and a 310 front number plate, which was his number at the time. Still is. But, yep. but I'm looking in my rearview, and the, in the toy hauler, it had a window on both sides. So I'm looking out the driver's side, and there's his front number plate, handlebars, and everything laying out the side of the window. It's still in the trailer, but we're driving down the interstate, and the bike's laying out the side of the toy hauler. Yeah, like it's a wall, and everything's hanging out. Yeah. Yep. So that was great. And then I don't know if it was that Loretta's that year or maybe the following year. We, I think your parents actually went up early and kind of reserved us a little spot yeah. at Loretta's. And we rolled in late and trying to fit that gooseneck toy hauler into the spot that they were trying to get us in. We had, we had a little square blocked off, you know, we just make a little square with a camp. Oh man. I was like, and there's no way I'm getting this thing in there. We got it in there with <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two football size dents in each side of the cab because jackknifed the truck into the front nose of the, and not me, his dad. Yeah. 
So and he and he never even knew. Yeah, <laughs> he, he gets out. Oh yeah, it's in there. It's yeah, good. We're good. And, like, and then we're like, no, the the back of the cab. Yeah. <laughs> you just crush it on so both good. sides. Sanfordandsunracing.com. Oh yeah. And I think that that <laughs> same year, it it was that you had like a 05 Ford 60. Yeah. Yep. You blew the head gasket on the way up on the there way too. On the way on home. The way home. It was on the way yeah, home. On that, the way that, home. That poor truck. Yeah. Jeez. And then I think it was the next week that we went and traded it in. Yep. <laughs> so so we got to the lows of Corey's amateur racing. <laughs> what were your highs? Did you ever have any like uh, like titles or like? No, I just I just never had good luck. Like for Loretta's, for instance. You know, there was a couple years that I went there. Sixty fives. I remember one year I went there on a sixty five and stock and mod. Stock class, first moto, wadded it on the start, first turn pile up, got, I don't know, I think I got like 29th or 30th. Mm. And first moto in the mod class, same thing, wadded it up, got, I think, 31st. Second moto went in, got top five, both classes. Third moto, same thing, went in, got top five, both classes. But, you know, it was always one moto that killed me. The one year that I went to Loretta's that I was ready, I was in shape, I mean, you just anything I could do I was doing it and we even went up to Tennessee early that year stayed up there a week early was riding up there at places and stuff like that and go first lap of practice and overshoot the center the um Ten Commandments no right next to the Ten Commandments that had the on the table the tabletop going in the sweeper into the beach yeah yep and I just overshot it a little bit and landed, and it was freshly tilled, and the bike stuck, and one of the bars landed and broke my shoulder. And I even raced all week long with a broken shoulder. A lot of people don't know that. And I still, I think I got sixth or seventh overall mm-hmm. with a broken shoulder. But, you know, it's just I always had something happen at Loretta's or Minio's. Or, you know, I never had good luck at Nationals yeah. ever. But, like, the area qualifiers, regional qualifiers, I mean, I was r- racing against Barsha, Savachi, all them guys, you know. Yeah. And I'd go to the regional, and they were all in the same region as me because they were all training at MPF at the time. And, I mean, I went to the regional and went one 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 wow. all six motos. And But you get to Loretta's and just something stupid, you know, and break yeah. my shoulder. and. That's so common, though. Like, I just had a conversation with somebody the other day that – we were talking about uh, a potential rider for the team. And uh, I, I mentioned to him, I said, are you going to try and do Loretta's this year? And he was like, man, we've been there six years in a row. And every single year we have that one bad moto. It's like a curse. Yep. There's and so much emphasis on that race. There thing. is. And with a three moto format. Yep. You all, you got to have it perfect. I mean, 250B mod. I went two, three, third moto DNF because I went in 10 commandments on the first lap. I was in second or third coming in Ten Commandments. The bike shuts off. And all it was, come to find out, just sat there, kicked it, couldn't figure out what was wrong with it, pushed it off the track, you know. And all it was was the plug going in the CDI box. Mm. It just come loose a little bit and had a bad connection, and the bike freaking shuts off, you know. And it's just, you talk about the highs and lows, and, I mean, there you go. I mean, you know, going to get top three in 250B mod against, you know, running with all them guys. Yep, yeah. And... That's crazy, man. And that's it's one of those things that a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on that race, like Shane mentioned. It drives me nuts, kind yeah. of. Yep. Yeah. No, yep. I agree. I agree. So at, was it the, the injuries or the shortfalls at all these nationals that when did you decide, like, man, I don't want to do this anymore? 
It was, I was a senior in high school, and I crashed min, right before Minio's. I was practicing. The day before we left to go to Minio's, I was riding Supercross, and um, we had a double going into the whoops. I come out of the turn, and I slid coming off the double and come into the whoops a little bit sideways, wadded it, broke my collarbone, and then got back healthy and stuff, and then go to qualify for Loretta's. And I crashed at the area, broke my wrist real bad and stuff, and had to have surgery on it. And, I mean, it was just, like, one thing after another after another. And it's just, like, I was tired of getting hurt, tired of having surgery. And yeah, it's just one of them things. I you said I'm over it. Yep. It hasn't stopped you lately. No. Well, but that's, that's, that's what I was getting to, though. That, that, you know, there was a bit of a gap there. I mean, you're, you're talking about at that time, how old are you? When, you? when you say, I'm tired of surgeries, I'm tired of injuries, you know, this just isn't working out. I was 17 or 18. And just said, I'm done. And, you know, I look back at it now and I really, 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 truly regret it. Yeah. Because I know still to this day that I feel like I still, if I went and trained for six months or something and rode with these guys, that I could still go ride with them. Yeah. And, I mean, I didn't touch a bike for 10 years after that. Yeah. And you, (laughs) it was you (laughs) that talked me into going riding the FTR up there at Gatorback. Yeah. And... You know, I had I had kids and stuff like that. You know, got married, had kids, I have three kids. Yeah. And my son, we just never went to the track. I didn't really want him to ride. And you talked me into going riding the FDR, and then that was it. He's like, Dad, I want a bike after that. And I was like, All right, if you want it, I'll get you one. Got suckered in, man. Oh, I did. See what future Max will do for you. Yep. yep. <laughs> and then. You know, we got him going, and, I mean, we didn't really take it serious for a year or two and just kind of let him piddle around, and now we're getting there. We're, he's He's got the natural ability, that's yeah. for sure. And Old rowdy man. Yep. He, uh, we just got him a Cobra, and I, that's definitely turned him into a whole other person, and yeah. it kind of scares me a little bit. <laughs> well, with the last name Keelon, yep. I think there's a little bit of something in that bloodline. Yep. Uh, that he's probably got a pretty good odds. Yep. He's just got to get past that little bit of fear. He's still got a little bit of fear. I mean, he's young. He's still got... I still have that fear. Yeah, he's still got this year and next year. And four poor poor RJ never grew out of it. Yeah, I still have that. That's why I'm a wheels on the ground, yep, right? Yep. I still have that fear. I mean, we just got, I just got here from practice, you know, and with him and, you know, today we started hitting some doubles and, you know, doing yeah. a little step up and stuff like that. And Is it cool for you to see the progression? Oh, yeah, 100%. When we started hitting the jumps today, I was pumped. Yeah. I was definitely pumped. And, you know, we keep just making those little steps, little steps, and he'll get there. And by next year, four to six class, oh, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. For sure. So I know you're talking about Rowdy right now and doing four to six, like trying to make a run at Loretta's and stuff like that. Yep you by yourself are back on the bike as well so we talk about that 10-year gap you talked about coming back into ftr you did some of the pre-modern a-class stuff at ftr yep um i know we did gator back you know dade city i mean there there was barter there's a bunch of them that you know we went through and did but now you're on a 450 yep got got a new 450 i mean that was the first time i've been on a 450 in a long time long time since i was 18 and This, this is recent Oh, yeah. yeah, this was oh, recent. Yeah. Oh. You didn't know I got one? No, I didn't. The last time I saw you ride is when that 250 stepped out on you at Dade City. <laughs> and broke my collarbone? And you broke your collarbone. I'm like, man, this poor yeah, guy. Yeah, there's a reoccurring theme there. 
So I think, he, I think he, he's hey, he's back in it, ladies and gentlemen, and now yeah. he's got a four fifty. Yep. yep. You know, in the, in that it's a ninety five KX two fifty. God, um, that thing's badass. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one that you know TJ was Sasquatch built. You yeah. know, yeah. He uh he definitely did 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 real good on that bike there. But that motor is just I don't know something about that bike. It's just so fast. But it's set up for the woods, and I took it out to Dade City and was trying to ride it on the track, and it's so soft and yeah. it just you know, yeah. Un- fucked you. Yeah, it unloaded coming off a little mm-hmm. little little tiny baby roller and so you decided you know what sasquatch built bikes did such a good job on that rebuild we're going to put this thing back up in the uh in the house here and put it on display and go buy a 450 yeah when you hang that thing up on yeah. the because we need more power so i don't get to hear that 250 run anymore no no Damn. no we we still got it okay. i rode it that day in the dirt and yeah yeah it blew the rear shock out and last time <laughs> last motor i rode it that shock keeps biting you dude i'm telling you <laughs> i don't know what it is about that thing it just so what's what's the you know getting the 450 what is the plan for course Keelan here so we've we've kind of hooked you back into it we've yep. reeled you back in yep what do you want to do like what do, what is your goals now i mean i would love to go race gnccs yeah but you know it's it's life and trying to get in shape to go ride a three-hour race you know that's mm-hmm. yeah that's a tough one you know and i know i have the speed to go ride with those guys and you know really yeah. compete but it's just it's life you know i'm running my own business and stuff like that so it's battling that and practicing and taking little man to ride and you know it's it's tough yeah it's definitely tough trying to run a business be yeah. a dad be a husband yep. especially when you know zach osborne's out there training his ass off right now yeah you know he lives the life yeah so <laughs> and that's yeah. who probably he'd be racing against he's he's riding a 250 is he yeah oh yep. i didn't know that yeah yep. he's riding what is it xc2 I, you know, XC, honestly, XC ones, four fifties, XC twos, XC I wouldn't even, but I would ride the A class, the four fifty A, which is, I mean, if you look at the lap times, I mean, they're so close. There, I mean, they're yeah. three seconds off of XC two and XC one, and I mean, that's that's not a lot when you're riding thirty minute lap times. Yeah. Like so it's almost like the B amateur versus the A. The B class is like way yeah, faster. Exactly. That's a whole other subject, by the way, yeah. but the B class is way faster than the A class. You look it at is. you look at yeah. Loretta's every year at Loretta's. You look at the B lap times and the A lap times. Yeah. And somebody in the B class is always putting in a faster lap time. Yep. It's yeah. almost every year, guaranteed. No doubt. <clears throat> well, you know, Shane, when we flew to Des Moines and bought the semi, mm-hmm. that was the Gas Gas G N C C team yeah. semi. Yes, so now that Corey is going to go do some GNCCs, maybe we ought to take that semi to some GNCCs. I mean, we can go woods racing, RJ. I love it. It's probably lighter on the wall a little bit. <laughs> great. <laughs> That'd be great. I'm just saying. But uh, I enjoy – I enjoy – I grew up racing desert, you know. Yeah. There's no trees, no nothing, just, you know, just sand and dirt. And I don't go that fast, though. You're too high speed. Think, yeah, it's – and I've gotten off at fifth gear wide open on a 450, and it's yeah. not fun. But no, no, no. But uh, that's probably why I slowed down. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, dude, off road racing, man, to me is just like the most genuine form of racing. Well, I think that's why you know all of us, you know Shane, myself, Corey, you know honestly, the all of our friends kind of here in Central Florida, we love going to that Florida Trail Rider Series because the yeah. camaraderie at the races, you know, it's not really just about the race. It's 
the, the night times and being able to sit around with your friends and family. Corey mentioned a little bit ago, his kids. It's funny, you know, we grew up together very closely for almost 25 years now. And then we have three kids that are the exact same gender and the exact same age. Yeah. I mean, it's, you couldn't write a funnier story is how this all worked out. And for us to be able to go camping together, the kids just get along so well yeah. and to go that they've, they've become very, you know, close friends. And yeah. it's funny because my, my parents were friends with Corey's parents and then I became friends with Corey and now my kids are friends with Corey's kids. Yeah. And it's, it's like three generations of, you know, going through this moto family, which is one of the most unspoken close knit families out there. You it's, know, I mean, you, you look at, you take moto, you know, and that's one thing I'll never change. You know, it's, you, you look at my life growing up and stuff like that. I, you know, the older I get, the more I look back at it and, you know, probably the I, more appreciate it. Oh yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, you look at the things your parents do to take you to these races and you, and especially now I look at it and see how much it costs and it just blows my mind. Yeah. You know, oh, it's yeah. for, for me, I mean, just, I was at the track tonight and I mean, I spent $600 on nothing, just parts and stuff, just yeah. dumb little things. And it's just like, it just blows my mind mm -hmm. and just people don't really see it from the outside looking in, you know, how much it really costs to go racing. Yeah. Well, and I, I think for me, it's the experience of things that are like travel. Okay. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of families locally that don't, you know, that, that might not be into motorcycles and they're staying home locally playing soccer and baseball and yep. gymnastics, which, you know, I, my kids are in that too. But when you get to go to a different city and a different track and a different, different state, state, you know, and you're traveling all over the place. And I, I look at where motocross, even for future MX this year, you know, flying all the way out to California to go to Anaheim too, going to Texas, going yep. to Nashville, going to all these races that those cities are amazing cities. I mean, yep. Salt Lake city last year was one of my most favorite trips. I mean, it's beautiful out there. I think Shane and I actually talked about, you know, just outside of park city, Utah's a place that if you had an opportunity to live somewhere oh, that you would love to live at. Love that property out there. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. And to be able to see that, I mean, yes, it's expensive. Oh, yeah. We all know the downfalls of how expensive it is. Oh, yeah. But there's things in life that, that the kids are learning, and, you know, they get to see things that maybe some other, you know, stick and ball sports might not. Oh, yeah, 100%. You wouldn't, you know, you look at it, all the things that I've seen traveling. I mean, we've spent days, days and days and days. I mean, yeah. years, realistically, in our motorhome, traveling across the world, you know, all the United States and everything and all the things we've seen and yeah. done and just, you know, spending time with my family while we're traveling and the things we got to do. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, next weekend we're going to Illinois for an area qualifier. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm excited for that. I'm not really excited about the driving and all that fun <laughs> stuff, but not excited about the drive, but excited about the trip. Yeah. You know, yeah. just the experience, the experience yeah. the kids get to have and, you know, spending time with the kids and, you know, it's but, just, it's just funny, you know, like I'm not getting sentimental or nothing because my son raced, he was B class out on the, on the West coast yep. and it's, yes, it was expensive, but once it gets in your blood, and you, you just don't even blink an eye at that stuff. Well, and we say it all the time. Once this sport hooks you, that's it. You yeah, can't I've been, get out. And I haven't been trying to get out. Like, I, I've obviously worked in the industry for a lot of years, but it's... But you've got, still you got want, out? 
And then you had to get right back in. I got right back in, and then and Same then thing with me. And then all, all, my only connection now is this podcast, but like which I think is really fun. Yeah. But there's and, and the future mix team. Yeah, and I help you guys out, but there's never that you can once you do this, it's just it's that's it. And and one of my because my son's story is kind of like yours. He just got tired of hurt getting hurt. And I wasn't disappointed. I said, "Listen, dude, you're your own human being. You do what you want to do." But it did it did uh, free up some money in the pocketbook. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and this is this is uh, in the I would say early two thousands. Yeah. And I pulled up the Paris Raceway, and between sign up, which I'll never bitch about, and I would never take anything back I ever did. But when you pull up to a track and and before you even get to the gate, it's a five six hundred dollar bill, yep. just between sign up and pulling your camper. Yeah, like imagine what it costs for these poor people nowadays. Oh, I know, yeah. I know. Fuel, yeah, fuel. fuel. Uh, not not yeah. only fuel, but like entry fees. And you, when you look mm-hmm. at some of these bigger nationals, and I'm not going to name but, one specifically but and put anybody out. You but, do it because you love it, though. Yeah, but you think about like there's there's RV hookup fees. There's Oh, car yeah. car pass fees. There's pit vehicle fees. There's yeah. entry fees. Like there's just fee after fee after fee. To go to a national, it's easy two thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, easy and now they're charging you Wi-Fi, and it's like, wow. We should really put our pocketbooks together and buy a track and, and, and put a, <laughs> put a national together. Well, but the, the, they're, the, the, they're the only ones smart ones in the game. Well, and even when, and I'm not again. The reason I said I'm not, I'm not singling out any event. No, dude, they're trying to make money too, they, man. Just they, like everybody else but, now, though. But it also takes a lot of money to oh, put yeah. on that race. And 100%. one of the things we were talking about, and actually in Nashville, Corey and I, we got to spend some time with a, a very good friend of ours, Win Kern. He owns Gatorback. Yeah. And they're talking about how many electrical hookups they're putting in right now. They're running water lines all over the property. They're adding Wi-Fi further out away from the track. I mean, they are putting infrastructure in that costs a lot, a of, lot money. of money. Okay. We're not gonna get banned from the outdoors, but good, <laughs> but good for Win Kern. Yeah, honestly, let's be honest. He's actually taking money that he's earning and investing back into his facility. Yeah, absolutely. Go to High Point, yeah. and that is that is Davy Coombs. Sorry, but it, he owns the track. It's it's a you know, it's still the same High Point that you've seen for the last fifty years. Yep, and that in in in, in pro racing that frustrates the race teams because it's always it's there's no improvements there's no easy way they don't make it easier for you to get in get out there's no there's no like improvement oh we we laid some rock down this year so it doesn't get muddy yeah well like dude go to go to texas outdoor so shane just got us kicked out of going <laughs> whatever but go but, but go to go, go to the texas high out, points on our list go to the <laughs> texas outdoor which they don't even race anymore and that old boy out there in that farm freaking put up water hookups for all the trucks and like invested into his facility yeah it's and i, I and i and i told all these boys that i know which is everybody <laughs> in the industry that i would go to bat for them but like let's let's put a little bit of money into these tracks that we race at i mean it's a great it's great that winker is doing that because he's obviously passionate about his place and the racing but yeah. that you know that's the people you know 
makes it enjoyable to go to the track and have the water hook up and have yeah, power yeah. and stuff like yeah yeah it's not cheap don't get me wrong right it but costs money but you know that the benefit of having it oh yeah 100 but you look at going to a campground i mean it's not cheap to go stay at a campground no. for a week right so like going to minios and stuff like that i i personally have no problem paying a hookup fee and stuff like that but the biggest problem is they sell out in like five minutes yeah like it, when yeah. he puts them online they're gone so you got to be on top of that. But, you know, when he's definitely makes it, tries to make it more enjoyable and make it better and better and yeah. better and every year. Well, and I, honestly, I think Loretta's, and, and I know you just mentioned Davey Coombs, but even Davey with Davey's Loretta's. Davey's a great guy. I'm not talking bad about Davey. I'm just saying, like, the high points. Still high point. Yep. Well, you, know? you look at Loretta's getting wiped out from the flood yep. and then basically rebuilding Loretta's and adding the Wi-Fi at Loretta's, paving the roads, yep. putting up new fences, the pavilions that they have there. I mean, they, they are doing a lot at Loretta's. I mean, even Loretta's, we were there last year. Actually, we've been there for the last couple of years. It's way different than when you and I went. I don't you know. Even, it's been 12 years since I've been, you know, 11, 12 yeah. years since I've been to Loretta's. So it's like... I couldn't even tell you anything about the place anymore. No, I mean they've de- you know a paved pump track. I mean there's so there's so many things that they they have done right now, and I, I do want to say give credit where credit is due. But at the same time, you yeah. know, like Shane's saying, hey, you know, give credit where credit's due. But also, here's the truth about some of the other places too. And yep. if you if you and the boy go to Loretta's, do not jump off any trees into the river. Yeah. I know where the trees are. You're supposed to jump off of. Yeah, just, but don't do it until after the last minute. Don't don't do it where Benny did it. Yeah, <laughs> Benny <laughs> Benny took his whole self out by jumping. All these, off. you know, like all these people we have on the show and this and that. Like you just learn things what not to do yeah. in certain places. To, there was a bridge we used to go jump off of and stuff like that. We'd all hop in the truck and go yeah. down the road and right down the road. There, not too far down the road. Uh, there was a good bridge to jump off of. At that place, I've only been there twice with you, and that place is beautiful, man. It's, it I remember is. way back in the day, they used to do the rodeo one night, and I mean, you could when we were little, I would do the uh, mutton bus and riding the sheep and stuff like that. And, I mean, like <laughs> of it, course you did. Yeah, dude, it's good stuff. <laughs> Florida yeah. boy, man, Florida boy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, Corey, a couple questions that I wanted to ask you, and Shane might have some too. But one of the things, would you talk about when you were growing up, you know, riding, training, whatever? And you look at some of that stuff today, okay? Yep. So we talk about there's so many facilities, and you already mentioned MTF as one of them earlier in the episode, but when you look at the way that you guys, meaning you and your brother Kyle, mm-hmm. how you guys did it when you were growing up versus some of the things that you see today, what are your what are your thoughts? I mean, if if you, to get to the level that you and your brother did, to to get your son Rowdy to that level, what do you think the path is today? I honestly don't really say I want to, I don't know. I, w- I don't want to change what how we did it because yeah. I think it's more, I wouldn't say pure, but. Organic. Yeah, you know, it's more organic. That's a good word for it. Yeah. But, you know, we had our track and we rode and we, I mean, we rode with a bunch of great friends and we did a lot of woods riding and, you know, yeah. we just try to enjoy it and do it to where we wouldn't get burnt out on it and stuff like that, you know? And I think a lot of these guys that are going to these facilities and stuff like that, I mean, it, like, for instance, MTF was like, when I was racing, it oh, was... It was that, the cream of the crop. Yeah, it was the cream of the crop. Yeah. And everybody went there, and that was like the thing, you know? And I, I was always jealous and stuff like that back in the day, but, you know, I look back at it now, and I'm like, man, I'm glad I didn't go there. I'm glad I did what I did. 
and rode with the people I rode with and stuff like that. And, you know, that's a lot of it is who you surround yourself with, no matter if you're at a facility, at your house, riding in the woods, riding wherever. It's, you know, the people you surround yourself with, if everybody has the same goal and everybody wants to train and, you know, put in the work to get to where they need to be. And, you know, when as you start to get older and stuff like that, you know, 85s to 125s right in there, that's really when you really got to start putting in the work. You know, when you're younger and stuff like that, you, you know, you just try to have fun. And, yeah. that, and that's where I want my son to want to ride. I don't right. want to have to push him to ride. You know, yeah. if he wants to ride, all right, let's ride. If we want to race, all right, let's race. I, I agree with that completely. And I was actually talking to an agent when we were out in California that's, you know, kind of become a good friend of mine. I know, Shane, you know who it is, and you guys have been great friends for a long time. And he basically told me on mini bikes, keep it fun. Yeah. Make it 100%. fun. Enjoy the events. Travel with your family. Do the best you can. Yep. You know, but once you make that transition from the mini bike to the big bike, that's when it gets real. Yep. But even, you know, you look at Carson, for instance, you know, at the yep. end of that, min- at the end of the mini bike, 85, you want to be, you want to be there, you know? Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's really where, you know, I was there, you know? Like me and Savachi and Bogle, I raced with Bogle, I raced, um, Mikel Rath and all them guys, you know, that's that's my age group right there. Those are the guys I was racing against. Yeah. You know, you look at Shane, um, Mikel Rath, and, you know, when we were younger, he really wasn't that top guy. He wasn't like, right. you know, he was, it was him and his dad. I remember them, you know, and, you know, he was, you know, he wasn't the number one guy, but he, yeah. he put in the work and stayed, put his head down, and, I mean, look where it got him, I mean. He does yeah. pretty well for himself. What did he get? Fifth at Denver. Yeah, that's yeah, that's nice. Yeah, you can't complain <laughs> about that one. But you know, you got you got to have fun for sure. And you know, I definitely seen that because there's a big difference between me and my brother. Everybody knows it. Oh, you yeah. know, everybody yeah. knows it. And my dad pushed my brother, but my brother, you know, I wouldn't say wanted it more than me, but that's a good way to say it. Yeah, he definitely had the passion for it more than I did I loved riding a motorcycle but I loved it more for you know just the pure of riding and you know getting my head clear and do you feel like some of that woods riding you know I know your family I mean obviously the Keylon name your dad even your grandpa you know huge in woods riding do you feel like the technical side of that woods riding was an asset to you 100% yeah 100% I mean you think about it you go into you know you, you look all these tracks that have these just deep gnarly ruts and there's 20 of them going down a straightaway you know that's where standing up feet on the pegs squeezing with your knees and your body english you know that's it riding through the woods that's 100 percent how you got to ride in the woods yeah feet on the pegs you never want to take your feet off the pegs you squeeze them with your knees just riding the bike and flowing through the trees and stuff it you take that and you put it into a rut you never let off you know, and that's, I think that's across the board with any kind of guy that races any kind of motorcycle. If you venture off and do other things, it teaches you different disciplines, skills, bike skills. I mean, you you look at at a guy like Kirk Caselli, phenomenal motor rider, but like great off-road rider, um, Travis Preston, which I know very well, rode off-road and crazy off-camera stuff all the time when he was training for supercross and stuff like it just creates a different balance 
Yeah, I think the bike skills aspect of it is huge. You know, that's that's a big part of it for me. And like, it it is interesting to see. You know, Osborne, who's been on one of our previous episodes. Anybody can go back and and listen to that one. But it's it's cool to me to see, you know, a Supercross motocross champion transition into the GNCC racing yeah. and go race in the woods. And I mean, uh, honestly, I look at Ryan Sipes. You know, Ryan's been on our episodes before, and you know, Pooh's with us with the team and. To see these guys, you know, dabble in so much. Yep. I mean, you know, Ryan specifically doing the flat track and, and the off-road and then still coming back and doing Supercross. I mean, I think that shows more of I'm not just a Supercross motocross rider. Yep. I am a skilled motorcycle, motorcycle rider. rider. Zach Osborne's career to me is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Well, you, yeah. A lot of people don't know this, but w- like when Osborne was on 65s, him and my brother, you know, at Minios, they used to have the FTR portion of it, the, yes. the trail, the yes. trail portion of it. Yeah. So yeah. before they created Diamondback, that was all woods, all right there. Yeah. Yes. And back in the day, instead of having, um, I, did they do Supercross then? I don't think they did. I think it was it the was trails more. and the motocross track. Yeah, they called it GP. They, it was the Supercross, motocross, and the Grand Prix. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was all three. Yep. And then him and my brother, I mean, they would always just destroy everybody yeah everybody riding in the woods i mean yeah. they were they so they would do the short course for the 65 class i remember the one year they messed up and went and rode the long course which is i think two or three miles longer and they still come out ahead of everybody and beat everybody yeah and That's you know awesome yep we always we always talk about stuff like that you know when we get around the osbournes because i mean him and my brother were great friends, good family, and, you know, such a great people. Yep. And, and they do, you know, they've been a, lo- a lot of the FTRs, too. Yep. I mean, they yep. did the one right here at Munden Hill when we took the semi to where I beat Shane, and that... Uh, <laughs> he's got he's got his little boy now, you know, he yeah. rides a little bit. He took him out to Dade City. I seen him out there one Thursday night practicing. Hey, listen, my bike stalled a lot, bro. That's not my problem. Th- that was bike malfunction. I would have beat you. Hey, I got one you can borrow. No excuses. No, I... No, well, I got, I got, a, I got a new one that's faster now. Uh, I don't know about that ninety-five. He can ride that one. Uh, he can try. <laughs> I hope, I hope that thing. I hope you go so fast that when like you let off the gas and would brake hard, that thing stalls just like hey. my Suzuki. <laughs> hey, RJ can't grab too much front brake. Now that's how he broke a collarbone. Yeah, can't do that. He he's not good with the front brake. No, oh, you never heard that story. No, you what? You went over the bars. I've been on the bars many of times. I thought you broke your collarbone the one time, wasn't it? No, that's because I landed short at Watley's. Oh, I thought you grabbed a handful of front brake and went over the bars. Well, I, I did because I came up short at Watley's <laughs> and basically bounced off of casing it and then was trying to make the next turn before the pond and grab the front brake. I would love to see you jump. <laughs> uh, it was not fun. Can we can we get you to do a jump? I was actually trying to... Out to, of the compound? I was breaking, <laughs> breaking in Tyler Livesey's boots... Because he just got a brand new pair of boots, and he was going to ride that day. So you're the boot bitch. Yeah, I was. <laughs> so I I went and broke in the boots and was just putting out some laps to try and get them broke in. And I they nobody was out there riding yet because I was I was purposely trying to break in before they started riding. And I hit one of the jumps out at Watley's, which was a cool little track. I mean, yeah, it was a fun yeah. track. I mean, it was like a mile from James's place. I was about to say, it was right down the road from Stewart's place. Yeah, and Haines City and, and the Watleys, they were always great to us. They had that KWWD team going at that time. And I just came up short and kind of bounced off of the 
the finish, but there was a sharp right-hand turn right before the lake. I'm getting a visual right now. And I, I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to make this turn, and I'm going to the lake, and I can't take this bike. And, you know, obviously it was Tyler's race bike because we were trying to get it all going. For so you hooked your body. Oh, dude, it was bad. Now you talk about jumping. Hey, it was right before Lake Whitney. Remember, I had the figure <laughs> yeah. eight brace on yeah, at Lake Whitney. At Whitney. Yeah. I broke my collarbone, went to the ER. So you were out of sorts <laughs> yeah. on the way to Lake Whitney. Dude, that whole trip, I forgot about that. Yep, that's what it was. I broke the collarbone right before we were supposed to hook up the day before we were going. That's why I was breaking into boots was for Whitney. <laughs> and when I crashed, broke my collarbone, went to the ER. They put me in one of those little figure eight braces. Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to lift anything. <laughs> And we're supposed to load the whole trailer and travel. I was taking Pup, Tyler, and, and Corey's bikes out there. Mm. Then we had the carbon monoxide. We had my tailgate. We had Corey's bike go through the side <laughs> of the trailer. So you just were not on your A game at that point. Man, that was a bad week. That was a bad week. <laughs> I feel like every trip to a national or anything that you did, there was always some, something. Something happened. I was there's, always. there's always a story about Why it. Why do you think he makes me drive the truck <laughs> out of the stadium and like like let's yeah. let's just keep this uh, no that was not that was no good that was a bad week i forgot about that broken yeah. collarbone thanks yeah. for bringing that up yeah that's a great memory i still have the hump to show for it too <laughs> yeah. but you but you talk about jumping you know the first time i went onto a track in 10 years and i'm like dude i was nervous about jumping like yeah. i'm like yeah. then i hit my first one and i was like all right yeah and it all came back to me and then i was like it was nothing after that, but it was like, you know, the the things you don't even think about anymore. And then now I feel like now that I'm older, I overthink everything about riding. Like I really critique myself when I'm riding. Not one, I did not do that when I was younger. Yeah. Well, you got to go to work on Monday. Yeah, I definitely. That's why, you know, like the FTRs, my brother and my dad were talking so much smack because I started riding FTRs again and I would ride two, three laps and I'd pull off. Yeah. And because I'm, I'm not in shape good enough to go ride a two-hour moto and pound it out. At like a pace, I, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, and ride a solid pace, and that's where I want to ride, but I can't do that. And we went to Bartow. Was it Bartow, I think, my dad raced? I think it was Bartow. Yes. And him and my brother came to Bartow, and I was the only one out of all of us that actually know my dad finished too. Oh, he finished, but he paid he the finished, price. But all night throwing up because he just has no quit. Yeah. I mean, he won, smoked everybody. Yeah. He won by and, like 25 minutes. Yeah. I think he was, he wasn't far off of our pace. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he oh paid God. the price for it that yeah. night. Yeah. That night. I think he rode that on my bike. Yep, he did on the 125. Yeah, he rode that on yep. my, my and, 125. And that 4125 hasn't been the same since. No, it has not. <laughs> that, 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 that was the last good run it had. Yeah. <laughs> she gone. Yep. Mm. But, uh, you know, him and my brother, they both, neither one of them finished that race. Well, he finished. My brother didn't even finish that race. My dad finished it. He paid the price. I'm like, see, y'all over here talking bad about me. But guess what? I feel great. I'm sitting here eating dinner, hanging out with everybody, and yep. the next day I'm going home, and then I'm going to work. Hey, I, gonna, I ain't going to lie. It was a day in the dirt. Your brother raised day in the dirt. Yep. And we were standing over against a fence on the back section by the road, and I was just like, who in the hell is that? <laughs> I mean, balls to the wall getting it, and I was like. Yeah, but he didn't ride many of them because he had a bike issue there, too. Whatever well, time his I saw his it, Kickstarter, he broke broke like three Kickstarters. Yeah, it kept. I don't know. Whatever, whatever time I saw him, I was like, "Yo, that dude, that bike looked good. That dude is making Josh Grant look like silly." No. <laughs> okay, in that one section, I don't know, but I've never seen I've never seen Kyle ride, so I was like, "Holy hell, man, that guy is no joke." Yeah, he goes good. 
yeah. I mean, so, both of you are no joke. Trust me, you guys have freaking whooped my ass and like freaking, you know, off off the start and you'll know, be laughing at me before I get to the first corner, but I get it. But Well, you've been racing a little bit at Dade City. Yep. Um I know you yep. I actually well, well not talk about that yet, but uh What? Talk about it. Go. The the team My team new guy? Update. Yeah, That's where I was guy. getting ready. That's where I was yeah, going with this. Yeah, okay. That's where I was going. So Anybody that follows us on our, our Instagram or social media stuff uh, can see that we, we just picked up uh, and signed a new guy yesterday. His name is Caleb Groves. I believe it was Heath called me about him first, and then Randy talked to me about him, uh, the owner of Dade City Motocross Radio Ho. You know, we did a call in with him, you know, when Tyler completely bashed him. Um, <laughs> but, but so they called and they talked about it, and they're like, hey, you know, Got this guy, and he grew up racing. He was pretty quick. Got up to super minis, and then basically kind of stopped racing at that time, you know, for whatever reasons, whether, you know, getting in the way with school or family, grades, whatever it may be, I don't know. But, um, you know, he he stopped racing for a while and then just out of the blue goes out and, and gets another bike, you know, a couple years, I think three or four years off the bike. And uh, earlier this year, he buys one and he gets going again and, you know, starts going pretty quick around. He's doing the Florida series. He's doing the Dade City series. And, you know, I had a couple people reach out and talk about it. And, you know, just like everything, you know, every, it all boils down to budget and, you know, what we're able to offer to somebody and do for them. And we were able to, you know, make him an offer yesterday and, and do a deal for anybody that, that follows along on our Instagram and stuff. But, Corey, you actually raced him. Yep. At Dade City. And and I heard from a couple people also that uh, Caleb actually was out there racing one day against, you know, I think it was Ethan or something, did pretty well against Ethan. And, and I'm like, okay, well, now let's, if he's, you know, I, I know Corey's speed. I grew up with Corey. I know how fast Corey was. I, I think I was probably the most vocal person, even when we, back in the iMoto days, that said that, if Corey would have put his head into it like Kyle did, I think Corey would have been extremely successful in racing. And I think we, you know, more fun or just he, more laid back. He's successful back. in my book. He's very successful. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I think even going pro and, and things like that, and I think, you know, you and I have talked about this before too, Corey, but yeah. I, and I know Corey's speed. So when they were calling and – I think you got you beat Caleb in Moto One, and then Caleb got you in Moto yep. Moto Two. Yeah, he got me on the start, man. That four fifty, I don't have a start device on that thing. Oh man, that is. I, I still don't. I'm still a little guy, so I don't weigh enough. I could sit on mm. the sit on the handlebars, and that thing's in a wheelie on me. Yeah. And he got me on the start, and I mean, it was just. I mean, we were pushing. Was, oh yeah, we were pushing real hard. I mean, that's the fastest I've pushed, you know, to go in a long time. And he got me. He definitely got me in the second moto. So we got the call from you. We, we, we talked to Heath. We talked to Randy. And they were like, you know, hey, man, you, you might want to look at this guy. So, you know, we started started talking about it and, you know, just trying to figure out what we can do, what we can offer, and, and ended up being able to put something together. So we can officially say right now that Caleb Groves is a future MX rider. He is going to try and represent us in the A and the open pro sport classes uh, probably jump into some of the college boy stuff too. And, you know, we'll let him, and it's not let him, he can do whatever he wants, but continue to race the Dade city series because, you know, we love Dade city. It's our local place. It's, you know, our hometown shop for where the semi and the team operates out of. So 
he's going to go do some local stuff. He's going to do the Florida series. He's he's actually, as we speak right now, he's traveling to an area qualifier. He's going to make a little run for Loretta's, which was a very last minute, you know, decision. So has he done Loretta's? I think he did years ago, you know, because again, remember on, on many on yeah, I think bikes. I think it was on mini bikes, but um, you know, he he took quite a bit of time off, and and yeah. we just got him back on the bike. So, you know, to to have a future MX bike on the track, you know, locally here in our home base is is great, and then you know, all around Florida with again the different series between you know the Florida series, the Winter Ams, the Gold Cups, the I four series. I mean, it'll be awesome to have him out there representing the team and doing that. And, you know, it's it's funny to me because we talk about the training facilities and the people and yep. everything like that. But, you know, Caleb has a full-time job. You know, yeah. he's he's fully employed Monday through Friday as a full-time job. He works for Irby, uh, which, you know, a huge thank you to them. Uh, Irby's a great company. I know a lot of people that work there, and they're a great company. So for the people that are out there that are allowing him to, you know, take a day off here to go to a race or whatever, I mean, that's awesome. Um, and it's, I, I appreciate that, but I, I, more than anything, I respect it. You know, I mean, the guy's out there working during the week and he's still trying to ride, you know, three days a week, four days a week, if he can, and to be able to go out there and do that and, you know, do the best you can. And, you know, I think my biggest thing with him when we were talking and we were signing the contract was, you know, go have some fun, man. I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, our Supercross season and this grind of, of going to all the races and getting the hauler there and setting up the awning. And Shane, you know it more than I do because you did it for so long. But when it turns into work and it's not fun anymore, it makes it hard to do. And, I mean, I, I personally got to a point where it, it was so much stress of managing, you know, staff, getting the hauler where it needs to go, making sure there was food and water. And, you know, I had huge help from a lot of people involved in our circle. I mean, between Matt Bell and Brian and my wife, I mean, you, Shane, and, you know, we've got a lot of good people in our corner to do this stuff. But, man, at the end of the day, it boils down to making sure that all this stuff is right. And I just want to go have fun, you know, and that's where – we talked about the semi and, you know, Corey, I mentioned to you, you know, we'll take that semi, go race a GNCC, yeah. you know, we'll take yep. that semi and show up at Dade city on a Saturday night, you yep. know, and you know, we do, that's the cool part about being able to be flexible and do what you want to do. But the biggest thing in the end is if you're not having fun, hundred percent, why are you doing it? 100%. You know? And, and I just don't want people to lose that aspect of motorcycles. And, and you know, you look at it, and we've been I've been doing this for so long you've been doing it for so long and my family has and stuff like that and you look at it and then you look at how many kids get burnout absolutely you know how many kids that I raced with that I look back I'm like man what happened to that kid you know this kid used to rip but you know he pushed and pushed and pushed and his parents pushed him or you know he pushed too hard or his parents pushed too hard and you know you just get burnt out on it before you even turn pro and it's just you taking the fun out of it and that's where I think you know that's I really want to make sure, and I keep always got to tell myself. Try and check it. Yeah, you know, you got to check, check yourself, yourself yeah. on it. You know, and just like, all right, we're doing this for fun. Doesn't matter what place we get. You know, and with my son especially, we're not we're not there yet. We're nowhere near there yet. Yeah, you, you, know. you just know better not to press the issue. Yeah, it, it's like yep. have fun as a family and go yep. out there and do it. And 
kids kids get affected by that at an oh, yeah. early age when 100%. you just push them you know it's like I, I honestly i think that's why it was so grateful to see you know adam ac9 i yep. mean i remember doing interviews with him in the imoto days back in the day and i mean that guy grinded so, so hard, hard for so long and you know he went through a bad patch he's been vocal about it he's said it on his own that's why i think he's one of the greatest ambassadors of the sport there is right now because he speaks very well but he's also open and honest about some of the demons and dark dark struggles that he's gone through and to see him do well is very rewarding for me you know because i love seeing it yeah. you know and you know a lot of people you know he was a, i don't know he's a couple years younger than me he's not too much younger than me he was yeah. on an 85 and i was on a 125 yeah and you know that kid just always pushed so hard i mean yeah. training so hard and you know, a lot of people don't know, but he is super smart. He is. He is very smart, very intelligent. And I don't know. It's just you look at that, and that's a, he's a perfect example of getting I, pushed I think hard. the AC story to this point is should be a lesson yeah. to yeah. parents. 100%. Because because not that his parents, his parents are great people. They yeah. Are. yeah. But but you could, you could go through the amateur ranks and just – completely crush it and then when you get to that next level yeah it's tough it's yeah, not an easy thing to to, yeah. to get through I, I think there's a lot of manufacturers that are looking at it like that right yeah. now i mean look at these guys that have have given somebody the golden ticket from you know mini bikes big bikes and then they transition into pro and the return's not there so i think it's changing a little bit right now when you look at some of these guys that have been you know and i'm just going to use these as examples but you know they've been a team green guy for a long time they've been an orange brigade guy for a yeah. long time they've been you know a blue crew guy for a long time and then they get into big bikes and it's like one year in big bikes they don't perform the way they should and then they're out it's gone and i'm like man that is not the way it should be no because you need you know you get that transition right there and you need more than a year oh yeah it, it, yeah you know, it's not that easy, you know. And, and it's the, devastating for the rider because yeah, he, right. still has, he, he's, he still has a young mind. He's not mature enough to even comprehend that, yep. you know. 100%. It, you know, it's that confidence, you know. Yeah. You have that confidence coming into it, and then it just takes it away. And then you're like, yeah. man, I, am, I, am I good enough? You right. know, that's yeah, – yeah. It's sad to see, you know, but yep. that's that's the way the sport is right now. And, I mean, hopefully that changes. And I think I, I truly believe that some of the manufacturers are changing that way of thinking a bit. You know, I mean, obviously, if you have a bright shining star, you want to get behind them and keep going and hope hope that it turns out. But, yep. you know, you see a lot of these guys switching brands when they go from, you know, mini bikes to big bikes. And, I mean, you Deegan, know, Deegan, for instance. Yeah, that's, that's why I said Orange Brigade. You know, yeah. I, I'm not going to call them out by any means. You know, yep. I mean, they're all great brands, but... You know, that was one of the examples that came to my mind as soon as I started thinking about it. Yep. Um, but either either way, you know, it, it kind of just goes back to that thing, man. Keep it fun. You know, keep it where it's a family-oriented deal. You know, just like that, you know, Beeks is the one that said it. You know, he was like, the mini bikes, go have fun, enjoy the thing. You know, yep. once you get onto big bikes, then things you know turn serious and yeah. you know you can start looking at it as a career but as far as, far as serious let's i want to i have a question for you aiden shy is back on the bike now last week yes last week yeah. um what what is the future no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the future of future <laughs> no what is the future for aiden coming up this summer so getting on the bike last week yeah. you know our goal was to try and do as many outdoors as we could do Obviously, budget is a factor for us. Yeah. You know, it all, it truly all boils down to sponsors. I've been very open and honest about that on every episode that we've done. Uh, there's no way that his foot will be 100% ready. It's still 
I would say at this point, 80 to 90%, but he is back on the bike. He did the turn track only last week, no jumps. That way there was no, you know, load. Yeah. Obviously, you can see what happened to Tomac. Um, but, you know, having partially torn ligaments and, you know, a lot of therapy to try and get it back to where he is, he is back on the bike. I would assume this is the plan for right now, which could change. Uh, it may change between now and the next episode, but the plan right now is to start at high point. Um, Maybe. I don't know after my comment, but <laughs> we might we might get kicked out. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I did trust me. High Point's a great place. I did, I I didn't mean anything by that, but when you have amateur guys, you know what I mean. Yeah. So everybody knows what I mean. But anyway, so um, Aiden, so High his, Point is your goal. His our our goal right now is to have him ready, fitness wise, riding wise, you know, bike everything dialed in to start at High Point, and then the following race after High Point is Red Bud. So yeah. our plan right now is High Point Red Bud. What we want to do at that point is see how he's doing. Uh, we would like to do every round after, you know, starting from high point. Um, it, it doesn't make practical sense for us to do the California rounds, the West Coast rounds. Right. Uh, he is not going to be ready with his foot. And as far as getting cardio back in, um, it, it's just it just doesn't make sense. So starting at high point, doing the East Coast rounds of outdoors, yeah. you know, that that's more realistic right now. But I think it really kind of boils down to him, you know? I mean, I'm not trying to put any pressure on him by any means, but I do I do believe that it, it does depend on how he's doing results-wise. How does he feel? I mean, he's never raced a professional outdoor race before. We, we talked about this the other day, or maybe it was yesterday, um, that with the lineup going into the 450s yeah. this, this year, it's actually a really good opportunity for a lot of guys to get really good results yeah that don't like normally me. get results yeah you know? and so yeah I, when you take a lot <coughs> uh, you know a lot of your top guys and your leaders out of those positions then those positions are now available yeah you know well, and you and you look at it you know in the in the nerve aspect of it you know for aiden or somebody like that you know you're not lining up with you know five guys that you know yeah. you know are going to be the top guys yeah. you know and it's like man i might have a chance to get the top 10 right now you know and really push and see what i can do and you know yeah. build that confidence and keep yeah. building to yeah i think i think aiden's always had great cardio and i think for him the more laps he puts in the better yeah. He's he's one of those guys that, you know, the more he figures out the tracks and figures out the lines, the better he does. Yeah. You know, the short races, I you know, and you can even say some of those in Supercross, like, the you know, sprints. six minute heats and stuff like that, doesn't there's so little bit of riding time on the actual track. To you get know, comfortable. To get have, comfortable, yeah. right? And I think he's one of those guys that comfort is a big thing for him. That was one of my brother's biggest struggles and he'll he'll talk about it. You know, yeah. it's one of those things he was he just never, you know, by the end of the night or, you know, by the LCQ, he was finally feeling good. Yeah. And but it's too late. Yeah. Right. That's it, you know, it's too. You late gotta be. You, you gotta get to the point to where you come out. You come out the gate and it's sprint time. Yeah. Right. And you know you're about to freaking. Yeah. But but trying to do that, you know, I I was very fortunate to have a great conversation with Cooper Webb um, when we were at Daytona. I gave him a ride in my golf cart after the race, and, you know, we went out towards his motorhome, and we just got to sit there and talk a little bit. And he talked about his very first year in Supercross. And, and you know, I don't know if he wants me to say it or not, but he was like, dude, I was a wreck. He, yeah. You know, he's like, it's your very first year, you know, racing and, you know, gate drops and tracks and trying to figure out the timing, the race day schedules, mm -hmm. and all that stuff matters, you know, and there's a lot to that. And, I, I think, you know, Aiden this year has had some of those struggles mentally of trying to figure out, 
you know, track layouts, rhythms in such a short period of time. I mean, you have you have two time qualifying practices and then you're either in or you're out. But also a great experience too because yeah, obviously you got, ne- you got to have it. Next year he's going to be like, "Okay, I've been here before." Yeah, yep. you got to have it. So to to answer your question though without going on too long of a tangent, Aiden's going to race 450s mm-hmm. outdoors starting at High Point and the very following race is Redbud, which love that track and you're not taking me to Redbud, are you? Uh, I've been to Redbud before. Unfortunately, that weekend, my daughter has a gymnastics oh, tournament. Oh, so I'm going to have to go for you. Uh, I'll probably. go. <laughs> I'll be the backup rider for that one. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to be able to make it there, but, you know, we're the boys are going. Nice. Um, and then, you know, we're just kind of kind of see how it goes. And, and, I mean, that's the great thing about us, in, in my opinion. I mean, some people might not say they'd probably disagree, but in my opinion, is it's great that we can kind of do whatever we want, you know? 100%. I mean, we, we can... You're not bound by anybody telling you what to do. Yeah, we can race when we want to race, and we don't have to if we don't want to. And, you know, right now, High Point and Redbud are the first two that we're planning, and then depending on how he does it, those, if, if he's doing well, we'll do the rest of them. If he's, if, if he's not feeling it or if the ankle's still bothering him, then, yeah. you know, we'll go from there. But uh, So that's the plan for him. And then as far as Caleb goes right now, uh, he, he's going to try and make a run at Loretta's, which it's, you know, I'm going to say is very difficult to do because it's his mm-hmm. first time, you know, on the Cowie and, you know, coming off of the KTM and he's, he's going to have to get adapted to the bike. And, you know, I want him to continue to do whatever he wants to do as far as Dade city stuff and Florida series. And, yeah. you know, just keep, keep being him. And, you know, I think for us, it's, it's always fun to go to Minio's because it's a, a local race for us. It's right down the road. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we're planning on bringing the semi up there and then, you know, Carson's continuing to do well and continuing yeah. his, uh, you know, run at Loretta's. And, you know, we expect him to do well because he's he's just the mini assassin, man. The guy, the kid is <laughs> just ripping. So, you know, Carson will, will go good. And then uh, Drew uh, is back on the bike as well. Oh, is he? Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know what we can and can't say about that. But, you know, Drew took a little time off after a crash and now he's back on the bike and uh, again it's kind of the same thing for him you know he's gonna continue his run for for loretta's and after that you know after loretta's the next big national would be minio's yep you know even if my son doesn't make it this year i want to go just so he gets to see it yeah gets that experience you know to where like i tell my wife i'm like yeah, we can just go have a little vacation and hang out by the creek and you yeah. know well how many years together did we do thanksgiving at minios minios a lot a lot a lot a lot you know, you know and lot. that's that's one of those sacrifices as family you know when you've got family members and parents and everybody that's like hey what are you doing this year for thanksgiving yeah. like well i'm gonna be at the track <laughs> you know like last year we went to minios with my son and i mean we just went just to just to ride you know because we were that was like when we were really starting to try to ride a little bit more yeah and i mean we didn't do any good but we still went but it was experience and he got an idea how it works my parents were excited because they got to go back to minios and do thanksgiving there again i mean it was like you know being back at home which they did for many many of years many years many years you know and then my wife she's like she you know never was around that and then that was experience for her and you know it's just yeah that's kind of what i want the whole thing to be about is experience and having fun as a family and you know it's like I did not expect him to make it even at the area qualifier and we go to Diamondback and he makes it in at the area and I was like man all right maybe we might even you know we got to go to the regional now and yeah I mean we're to the point now we're gonna go try a different area also and try a different region and so 
Let's see what we can do. Have You're fun. hooked. Oh, we're in there. Hooked. We're in there. Oh, good. Now we're doing backup <laughs> regions. We got spare bikes. <laughs> yeah, this future MX bill just keeps getting higher and higher. <laughs> My pocket keeps getting empty, <laughs> that's for sure. I was pretty impressed by um, you signing that young man yesterday. You, you know, you had uh, pictures and papers on the table. Like when I signed with you, I didn't have that production. I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> Ours was on a McDonald's receipt, uh, <laughs> napkin. Hey, that's how I signed a contract with Chad Reed. That was at a Taco Bell. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes yeah. things happen. But anybody that got to see that picture, that was actually sitting right here at our podcast Yeah, it was table. really nice. Yep. And uh, we had Caleb and his dad and uh, Heath was with us as well. And we, you know, we just talked through it because my biggest thing is I don't like, I don't like gray areas. You know, I want it to be open. I like communication. I, I try and communicate with everybody that's involved in the team and tell them what's happening, what's going on. And to be able to have him sit down and we went through the contract line item by line item and just said, you know, hey, this is what we're willing to offer. This is our expectation to return. And everybody was happy and jived and yeah. it just works good. You know, and, and I talked to him the night we raced together, you know, and I talked to him after the moto had come over and we were talking a little bit, you know, and he seems like a great dude and you know very polite very very very, very polite yeah. very respectful and that's yep. a big thing for me yep. you know i i was talking to somebody in the industry yesterday and you know when when you get some of these guys you know no matter Honks. no matter yeah no matter their age it doesn't matter if they're on a 65 85 or a 250 i mean when, when they're out there and they're thinking you know man i need more boots or i need more gear or i need more of this it's handouts like, that does not work for me when you no. show up on a clapped out bike with some clapped out boots and gear and everything and you smoke everybody that just proves right there that you're putting in the effort and it doesn't matter what you have yeah and the appreciation that goes in i mean yep. you know we all know we've talked about it on multiple different episodes we don't have to do any of this you know i mean we we don't have, we we would have a lot more toys and a lot oh, yeah. more fun if if we didn't you know more boat time yeah, more yeah. boat time. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't have had to sell mine. <laughs> yeah, more more island time or whatever it may be. But you know, the thing is, we love it. We're passionate. We talked about you get hooked in this sport, and we just we want to try and help people. So when you get somebody that, it, it, you know, is unappreciative or they they expect more or whatever, and I mean, even the guy I was talking to yesterday, who's you know very well connected, pretty deep in the industry, and he was like, "Man, some of these guys, they they think they're jetting hunter right now and." you know they're they're not even you know podium on their class when i know i could go beat these kids that are thinking that they just need a handout i'm like you don't you don't you don't deserve it yeah and 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 the crazy thing he says he mentioned jet and hunter but those guys are pretty damn genuine at the level they're at right now absolutely yeah Yeah, they're very level-headed and i I attribute a lot of that to dazzy of making them that way and i appreciate that and i respect that you know those guys do a lot for fans and they do a lot for their sponsors and you know, that that's a great lesson to, to look at is no matter how good you are, you know, you got to realize this is an entertainment business at the professional level. Yep. And if you don't make time for the fans and you don't make time for your sponsors, then they're not going to really care for you. And you got to have those people in your corner. So, you know, I don't want to get off too far on that tangent, but out, outside of I like that. It, I like it when you do, though. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I know. Because I'm very passionate about that, honestly. I'm, I'm very passionate about that and trying to make sure that people understand that, you know, respect the people that do help you and, and yeah, you support know. Support them. Yeah. And you know. You got to – every sponsor that I've talked to throughout this year, the one of the biggest things I've learned, and I've said it multiple times, is the ROI, which is a return on investment. So an ROI – if I am going out of my way to put myself through, you know, physically, mentally, financially, the stress that I go through to try and provide and do what we're doing, 
there should be an ROI in return. Right. You know, so that return needs to be some type of benefit towards whether it's promotion as far as results, whether it's promotion as far as social media, whether it's going out of your way to do something, to bring something to the brand that matters. And, you know, it's, it's tough, man, with, you know, I don't want to say it's a generational thing because I'm not, I'm not that far off of the generation. (laughs) Yeah. Your generation sucks. (laughs) But it's, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm kidding, bro. The way that, I don't know. I, like you, I said, you talk to the, you have this sub, go on the subject with uh, old Randy Yoho. Yeah, he has some choice words to say about it, you know. But but he's right. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. He doesn't have the best language to say on this. Uh, yeah, podcast, I hope but. you're getting good ROI off me. Huge man. I mean, you know, he provides me with a lot of things, and and in return, I'm here talking with all you folks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on on 28 different episodes. 28, nah, but I'm I'm kidding. But um, we're friends before this podcast, so don't, don't take it <laughs> don't, don't take it the wrong way. But um, no, 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 I I, I think I, I, I do agree with you. That's the name of the game nowadays. You know it. Everybody knows it. If you don't have something to bring to the table besides results on a racetrack, what good are you? Yep. Yeah, and again, I kind of go back to the AC thing. You know, he's such a brand ambassador. He does so well for his sponsors. He speaks so well. And like you mentioned, he is so smart. Yep. And that stuff goes a long way. But anyway, we'll wrap that up as far as that topic goes. Tyler Kasha, any other questions for the crew that's here? Come on, Tyler. Ask me something. No further questions, especially for Shane. (laughs) (laughs) Well, episode 28, I want to say a huge thank you being presented by Fox Racing and Get Data. Like I mentioned before, the guys at Fox, they such unbelievable how how well they took care of us when we we went out there to California and how well they do for the team and what, what they do for our guys. The other one is Dan Truman with Git and Athena. You know, we run the ECUs, the RPM indicators, the two... Lights champions, both Jet and Hunter, running the Get ECU and the, uh, yep. the RPM indicators. So I- anybody looking for those, make sure you reach out to them. And then Corey's looking for one for that Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> a, a huge thank you to Fox and Get and Athena. And I can't say thank you enough to them as many times as I, I could say it over. But episode 28. Wrapping it up, Sugar Shane. Yeah, great. man, that was that was a good one. I uh, I appreciate having Corey on here, man, giving some insight on the, how he how he grew up and yeah. his family and how it all worked. You know. Well, and again, I want to say thank you to Mr. Corey Keelan for taking time out of your day. I know you, you guys were out at the track and coming here yep. uh, to come on this episode. We need to see if we can do a family oriented one. We'll yeah, bring, definitely, we'll, definitely. We'll get you, Kyle, Pops, Kenny. Yep. We'll bring, bring everybody involved. We got to try and convince them to do I think, that. I think that would be a good one right there. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. So we just got to try and convince them and make that happen. But thank you for everybody watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or directly on our website, futuremotocross.com. Make sure that you're subscribing to any of those platforms that you do, whether it's on any of the ones that I just mentioned, but subscribing to those platforms. Feel free to comment us, direct message. Let us know if there's something that you want to hear, questions that you want to ask, something that you want to get into on any rider. But again, thank you for everybody. That's episode 28 right there. 28.